Did you notice anything of that in the ready room for the hundred? Um, I didn't really notice anything like that. I just had the mindset in the ready room that like, I don't really care what these guys are thinking. I'm about to win. So it doesn't matter. Um, and that's just kind of what I was, what I think. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a full crew, John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and joining us back from the World Championships, Mr. Brooks Curry. How's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Brooks, I feel like you you have a name that I feel like would go really well with people that are like, hey, Brooksy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do get called that a lot. <laughs> you do it's, yeah yeah, yeah. um do you, do you have any other nicknames um not really um people just kind of call me whatever like all the time that's definitely one of the main ones so um well give us the update man what are you, what are you up to first of all congrats on worlds and, and some good swims what's the what were, what were your takeaways from there and what are you up to right now um i thought it was a great meet uh second international meet uh first time where uh swimming um an individual race and swimming in finals uh so first time doing that so i was really pleased overall um like with the outcome of the meet i thought it went uh just about as good as it could have gone um definitely always things that you can work on but i thought it went really well for me being uh my second international meet you know and in two years, you've got a your Olympic champion, world champion, NCAA champion, SC champion. Pretty, pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, like you said, uh, a, a good meet. Obviously, going the best time in the hundred free at semifinals, and then having a, a nice swim at finals in the individual race for the hundred. Um, like you said, you're pretty happy with it. Any specific aspects of that race that you were particularly pleased with how you swam? Uh, I was just really, really happy with my composure throughout the week um, because that was like a very stressful time for me uh, and to be able to uh, come up and come down that many times throughout the meet was, uh, that was good for me. Um, I've, I've never swam anything like, like that. That was that um, emotionally and physically draining over that week. So I thought I handled it well. When it comes to the the meets, the uh, the big long course meets, championship meets, where you've got you know, the, you know, the mixed relays and the relays are so spread apart, is there anything that you feel like you need to, or that you're starting to think about in training to prepare you for like this longer slog of a meet than say is relevant in the college season? Yeah, um, we were definitely planning to swim. I think. Uh, I think around five times when we were going into worlds. Uh, and then it, and I ended up swimming around seven times. So we had already prepared for swimming a longer meet, but that is, de that's definitely something that we'll be thinking about in the future. Just like getting ready to maybe push out into the 200 and things like that. Um, that'll take over more days and more swims. So mm -hmm. definitely thinking about that. How, how did you go ahead, John? I was going to say, you mentioned the 200. Obviously, you've had, you know, you're great in the 50, 100, and 200. Is the 200 potentially going to be a focus due to the relay implications and things like that? 
Um, I don't know. I won't say that it'll be a focus for anything yet. I just would like to swim it, uh, mm-hmm. just to see like what what I can do, um, just where I can be put up with like the rest of the field. But if it's good enough, then it'll be a focus. Then if not, then just kind of we're just gonna feel it out. Do you think that means that like training doesn't change, but then you just you know maybe dabble in, in racing it and kind of see see how it unfolds and and what the race results show? Like, because I mean, yeah. I that because you're you seem to close really well, and uh, certainly you know showcase through some long course success and then almost like long course leading the being the leading edge and then you know you're seeing some of the fruits of it on the short course side too so like kind of what component does the 200 type training play into your training uh so i mean i'll I'll do a lot of like 200 pace stuff um and like some threshold sets where we do like hundreds red and 150s red and things like that but i'm not really sure what the plan looks like for now if training is gonna stay the same or if it's going to push further out um what i would like to do is just to swim the 200 and just to see what happens and then we can kind of adjust from there but I don't, i'm not really sure what the plan is for that haven't really haven't really talked down that much so, like yet so we'll see i want to talk about the ups and downs you talked about so you saw a lot of relays a lot more events than you expected uh, you know, you anchored the gold medal four by one, and you were in lane one in the final of 103. So your first international final, you're in lane one, and then you're anchoring a relay that you, you touch first on. Describe the feelings on the block before diving in for each. You know, being outside outside lane, and then anchoring a, a relay that was you guys were just ahead. You you held the lead. So talk about your feelings before that. Before the individual or before the relay. Both, both, and the differences. Like you know, like were you more nervous? Were you feel more pressure? Did you feel more excited? Were you like, Let's go for this? I'm ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you definitely always feel like more excited. I think the um, the relay races are always more fun just because they are. Um, there's definitely like more stress and more anxiety behind the block, like for an individual race. Yeah. But that just kind of comes with it. Um, the lane didn't really make a difference to me. I was just happy to be in finals, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not that the lanes give you any advantage or disadvantage, any lane in the final is going to be an even shot. Like you were seeing like dudes touch and, and lane one and lane eight all meet. So mm-hmm. that was, I mean, that was cool for me just to be in the final, but I really wasn't like, nervous to say you definitely get like nerves but i wasn't like nervous freaking out behind the block or anything like that mm-hmm. you, you i remember at nc's when you won you had such a release of energy when you when you won that was it a 50 when you when you were really like excited i think um, it was the 100. You, you were, right? was the 100, 100 yeah the 100 you, you had such a release um, and it felt like so much came out winning from your home crowd and, you know, it was your, your big title. So that's why I was wondering, like, how much are you holding holding inside of you for those races? You seem to be somebody who keeps it all quiet, but you have a lot inside of you and you just release it in the water. Yeah. 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 That's pretty accurate. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> Brooks, I guess I'm sort of astounded by uh, the 
the background. Um, can you kind of walk us back through your high school to college transition and the progression from there? Because, I mean, I don't know if the what I found was entirely accurate, but I mean, it looks like you're a 20 point 45 guy in high school. Um, and, you know, you show up on the NCAA scene at, at LSU and, you know, are pretty rapid ascension to winning NCAA titles and making the Olympic team. And, and here you are. So like, what, what happened? Did you hit a growth spurt? Did you like, what, what, <laughs> man? <laughs> um, I definitely hit a, hit a good growth spurt. Um, I mean, coming out of high school, uh, I mean, nothing crazy, you know, like 20.4, if that's, if that's what you saw, then I'm sure the hundred wasn't crazy. I think it was like 44 mid or something like that coming out of high school. So, I mean, nothing crazy. And then training here just really helped a lot. I mean, and especially like end of senior year, it's like I started to like kick it into gear for college. It's like, I got to be in shape here and I got to be some fast. Um, and so just taking it real serious at the end of high school. And then like, as serious as any freshman can, you know, about with the limited information they have. Uh, and then it just kind of spiraled from there, just kind of started doing everything I could in and out of the water, um, paid off freshman year and then paid off now. Just, it has been some crazy success though. Like the, the rapidness has been wild. But you came from, like a really reputable club at Dynamo. Like, when, mm -hmm. when did you actually start swimming? Why did I actually start swimming? No, when? How old were you? Oh, when? Um, I started swimming Dynamo when I was in probably like second or third grade. Wow. So it's not like somebody who just discovered swimming late and then, you know, the, the success is rapid, but you had a talent for it. It's like something really clicked uh, as as you got into into, into college even so like what is it was there anything specific was it strength training maybe that hadn't been a component in high school is it just like a totally different training method and things that happened do you like i don't know is there anything specific you can think of i mean for me i think it was just the entirely different training thing and that is nothing that nothing against club or anything like that but it just doesn't compare you know when you have like um the strength training and everything on campus here and it's the only thing you're doing it's it's like you have school and you have friends and you have swimming and in high school there's a lot more going on and so you can just focus like a lot more on things that you wouldn't have even known about in high school so that definitely helps for me, I started going to morning practice in, in college. I was like, I never went to morning practice in high school. So <laughs> that was a big thing. Yeah. But love things like that make a big difference. You, you're right. You're a lot more focused on the sport and you treat it more as a job versus something you just did as well as homework and as well as everything else. So, right. I yeah. I was definitely the same way in high school. I wasn't going to many Saturday practices or that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. So were you. <laughs> Not to call you out, but I like I can remember a lot of football games Friday nights in high school where I'm going, 
all right, do I go out tonight or do I, you know, go in for, because I got morning practice, you know, at, at seven on Saturday. And there were a lot of times that, you know, my friend group came out of my swimming, uh, my club team, because I didn't really spend all the extra hours with the high school crew going out. So is, is that, were you kind of the opposite side? Were you kind of maximizing the social community within high school and maybe like less um, focus on swimming? as much as i could but i was still like doing swimming as much as i could you know i was kind of like maxed out on both sides um which i don't know would sometimes limit other sides you know mm-hmm. um but i was just kind of doing as much as i could in high school um swimming was definitely a priority um but i mean nowhere nowhere near as a priority as it is like now mm-hmm. to say and you mentioned, obviously, getting to LSU in college and, you know, it'd been a whole different environment. Things starting to click more. Do you have a moment, whether it's a practice or a meet, where you're like, hey, I'm getting pretty good or this is really moving in the right direction now? Um, I mean, it was probably just that freshman year at SEC's where I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, and then just see where we can go from that. Cause that was like the biggest meet I had ever gone to and the biggest meet parade that I'd ever won at that point. Um, and I just remember like my coach was saying like the SEC is like the biggest and the baddest and this competition is nothing like anything you've ever seen. And then, um, with the outcome after that meet, I was like, all right, let's see what we can do. Was it kind of like a feeling like, okay, I, I deserve to be here, deserve to swim with these people, or I can I can compete against them, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm just as good as everybody up here now, so. Man, do, do you feel like, did that come as a surprise to your coaches, too? Because that, I mean, again, like, from the times that you swim in high school to be that good at the SEC level in one year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. I mean, so – what does that mean then you think for LSU on the, on the team side too? Cause this is a huge impact for, for a program. And of course now like some of the, some of the big chips are starting to fall too. You got a coaching change, like a lot of experience with, with Rick coming to lead the program. And then, you know, the recent announcement that Maggie's going to come and, uh, and join too. So, I mean, like, how do you think that your success impacts uh, what happens for the program? I mean, I think it's helping a lot. Um, I mean, Maggie's here. Uh, she's swimming with us now. Um, and I mean, I think it's helping a lot. I think it's getting new, new good recruits in. Uh, we're getting a lot of good conversations started. Um, I think, I think we got like a great future coming here. So it'll be good. She did tell us she's the fastest underwater fly kicker in the world. So we, she, I want you she to test that out, okay? She told you that. I haven't, yeah. uh, I haven't seen it yet in person, so. Oh, challenge her. I want to see it. Because Tom Shields yeah. also said that as well. So I want a Tom Shields, yeah. Maggie McNeil showdown. That's what I want. Tom said that Maggie had the, yeah. Uh, no, Tom said that he himself was the fastest underwater kick in the world. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. So obviously at LSU, you're, you know, the, the fastest swimmer on the team, especially sprinter, obviously. Uh, you are the fastest on a team and you're starting to become an upperclassman on the team or you're going to be a senior, you know, people start looking at you and, you know, have expectations for you. 
what type of demeanor and, and things do you bring to practice maybe now versus when you were a freshman coming on the scene? Um, I guess I was a pretty, I guess you could say small guy uh, freshman year on the pool deck. But now I'm just, I just kind of bring like the energy I got, you know, like swimming fast. Um, I mean, I'm real easy to work with and like swim with, so I'm not going to fight you during practice or anything like that. So um, if we can run practice smooth, then I'm going to have a good time, you know, like I'm, I'm really easy going. Um, and I don't know, I just like swimming fast the most in practice. So bringing that energy is always good. Give us an example. What's a... What's your ideal set where, you know, there's like a good blend of this is stuff that I like to do, but it's also hard and I know that it's going to benefit me the most. What comes to mind when I say that? I mean, I could just make a setup like off the top of my head just with everything I've done with Rick so far. I mean, I would say probably like something I would really like to do would be like suited 25s from a dive. Um and then like suited fifties, of course, and then probably like a bunch of push fifties, uh, push 25s. And then probably like, I don't know if I was going out to the 200 or something, then a couple hundreds red or blue or something like that. Just kind of throwing all that in there. And that'd be like a really good set, but a really hard set. So like a lot of high end lactate. Yeah. A lot of high end. Um, and split that up with like either a lot of rest or shorter rest like so the 25s could be like a lot of rest and then um, some push 50s could be like moderate rest and then uh, like the hundreds could be I don't know short rest that sounds like it'd be a really hard set if I was going to do that but <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd, be good. it'd be good yeah looks about to vomit over there just hearing about oh, this <laughs> You keep adding. <laughs> yeah, oh, Brian, I didn't tell you this. I think Luke's officially a, a Finn master swimmer now. Now that we're swimming, he's wearing fins the whole workout. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What's that? You're scratching your eye, I see. <laughs> so you mentioned suited, too. Does, does suited uh, in practice play a big component for you? Do you like doing it? Yeah, those are fun. Those are uh, those are always good. Just to get some, like, I don't know. Every time I throw a suit on, I like throwing some pre-workout in there too. Just like getting amped up for. It's always fun to put put a suit on. Uh, is it a regular component? You guys do it a lot. Uh, we don't do it that much, but if we were gonna do it, it'd probably be like a Tuesday or Saturday or something, or it's like short short speed day. Huh. So, <clears throat> uh, what do you think then that? you what do you what do you think that is your biggest strength um and what do you think you need to improve on the most um i think my I, one of my biggest strengths i think my biggest strength is like my opening speed but my closing speed is also really good too um <clears throat> so something like i realized though watching my races at worlds it's like i tried i've been training for like this new kind of tempo i guess you could say it's just like a new way to swim the hunt free um and watching those videos i didn't do a great job at doing that so 
Hmm. That's definitely uh, my main thing I'm going to go back and work on now. But once I get that down, I think that's going to be good strength. What does that mean? A uh, new kind of tempo? Um, just kind of a, just a new way to swim the hundred. That's not, um, kind of gallopy, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, okay. So yeah. does that have to do with your stroke rate or actually, um, what your body position is doing in the water? Both, both. Okay. Um, what, what have you been doing and like, how are are, are, are there something that you're thinking about, like trying to trying to speed it up and level it out? Uh, trying to speed it up, not necessarily level it out, but if you can, like, if you watch those videos, you can see my tempos, like one, two, one, two, one, two. Oh. And I was trying in the race, I was trying to keep it like one, two, three, four, something like that. Oh. But and it felt like that in the race, but watching it, it didn't look like that. So oh. there's something for me to work on and what's uh you know leading to the shift is that something that rick brought and you guys have been working on or something you and usa swimming have been working on together kind of all around um it's a bit it's an idea that i had like a little while ago um and it's been hard for me to put it together as you can see but um i think it'll definitely work out good you feel like you're the kind of guy who responds <clears throat> uh, best to like plans that are individualized for you. And like, do you, it sounds like this idea came from you. You've been thinking about doing it. Do you, do you learn things from looking at other people or do you feel like your best approach is just to like, you know, come up with your own ideas that, that, you know, fit your body and your skill set? So that's kind of what I do. Yeah. I like look at other people and watch videos and study whatever, and then kind of take everything that I can do and apply it, uh, to my technique or, or race or anything like that, like, and try to improve on it in the way that works better for me. You know, who are, who are some of the biggest influences on you in that regard? Um, I mean, I've been compared a lot to like, uh, Rob Howard, um, the way I kind of swim off of the water yep. uh, and so i watched like a bunch of his videos um like caleb always um you talked to jaunty at all then no i did not <clears throat> i'm always curious about that i forget what they call it that style of freestyle that's on top of the water and you're that's funny you mention it because that like, that does come to mind and I, I that's what you look like when you're swimming um, but I, I could never figure that out myself sorry i was getting a lot of feedback no um like watching other people implementing to your sim fear I'm really curious with this process because I think a lot of athletes are always looking for their coach, always asking their coach, what can I do? What can I do? But like you said, you're kind of analyzing, maybe coming up with new ideas. Then do you bring it up with, with the team and the coaches and, and get their input on things? Or tell me more about that process of how you go about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I mean, if Rick comes to me for an idea or something, we can sit down and talk about it. Or if I come to him with an idea, I'll tell him like, what does this sound or how does this sound? Does it sound like viable? Does it sound, um, something that even makes sense? Um, 
and we can we'll just talk from there and then we'll try and implement it into practice and try and rehearse it just as much as we can have either of you guys ever had any ideas where it's like let's give it a try and it's like oh man this is uh let's let's scrap that immediately we need to breathe more yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first thing i can think of with that um we were doing some drill uh and it was like we had some kind of uh, these gloves and they're heavy they were really heavy. Uh, it might have just been like a big sock or something like that. And uh, we were supposed to do like real high tempo freestyle with it. And you would be like dragging like 30 pounds of water like above your head or something like and it yeah. just did not work at all. Um, that was something that was just scrapped. <laughs> That's fun though. It sounds like a great relationship to being able to experiment, play in the water a little and, and see what you can do. Yeah. Hmm. Bruce, what's, the, what's the long game with you? Uh, you know, you're you seem to be on this like rapid ascension, right? And um, and you seem to be having a lot of fun with it, and somewhat, in a way, surprised by it to yourself. Um, do you have plans on long term in the sport? Are you just kind of enjoying each moment and season as they come? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely got long-term plans for the sport. I'd love to do ISL and that stuff. Hopefully it sticks around or hopefully something takes its place that it's like just like it because I've heard it's like the most fun thing like ever. Um, and so I'd love to do that. I'd love to train through uh, LA, um, swim through LA. So that'd be like probably the uh, preliminary plan as of right now. Do you think that you would be good at the skins? I do think so, yeah. So, like, we do those a lot. Like, we'll do, like, a bunch of dive 50s or, I mean, pace 50s long course, too. Like, uh -huh. we do a lot of that stuff. So, I think I'd be really good at it. Do you think that the ISL is going to happen again? Or what's the... I don't know. I don't know. I've heard so many things, um, and I just have no idea. Uh, uh, do you feel like the maybe the U.S. national team is kind of in a similar boat of people with sort of mixed uh, confidence? I, I mean, I know, like, a lot of people want to do it. Everybody that's still swimming good, like, really wants to do it. Um, and I hope something, like, I hope something – takes its place if it does go away <clears throat> what do you think um what do you think we need to do uh so we were talking about this the other day um <clears throat> like it it seems to have prolonged the careers of a lot of people filling this gap in the fall where there didn't used to be anything going on so everybody finishes the long course season they're like okay so I guess I'll retire now because I'm not going to train for another year. But with ISL in the fall, there's this carrot to, well, it's just a few more months. Like, yeah, I'll take a week off and then get back into training. And then here we are with like, you know, not only the financial opportunity, but it's fun. And then, you know, then people end up swimming for a couple more years because there's more stuff going on. So right, yeah. if, if it's not the ISL, like what, what would you do? You see, that's what I don't even know about. I don't know if like, 
all the national teams could just like do something or make something like aside from FINA. I don't know what FINA, like their restrictions are on anything, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I would love for like a league to come up and be probably better managed, but I'd love to see something happen. There are rumors in Australia. And Australia were the origins of the skins meat. You know that back oh, like 20 years ago. You, they used to have skins meat. Like, go to 200 IM, you go up the block and you choose the order of the events as you're about to dive in of the 200 oh, IM. Like, that. like they were the original, oh, like, have fun and race fast. Yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. I don't know that I'm a fan of the, you know, don't know what you're swimming until you actually go up and do oh, it. But- yeah, and I don't think, the, and I mean, I don't think the ISLs fully nailed it too in terms of what the, I mean, obviously what the spectator uh, situation is. So I think it's like, I mean, they're doing a lot. I'm not hating on it, but I just think, um, you know, we've learned some from from that environment. And what we'll take from it is like, okay, it's great to have an opportunity for swimmers to prolong their careers. It's awesome to have lots of racing. It's cool to think about swimming in a different format where you know you've got a team environment men and women are equal and both contributing we're mixing that and it's fast uh but at the same time like the the schedule's a little sporadic where is it all the time is it all like one summit or is it sparse out over multiple seasons is dual meet or quad meet the right format like i don't know so i think there's still more that we can do and like do we have to do all the same distances that we always do? Or are there other ways to like, I don't know, do other sort of like silly competitions that would help make it more fun. Um, you know, it's so far, I don't think it's really drawing in the average fan the way that we want it to the people who love swimming. Like, Hey, yeah, every, every pro swimmer or, you know, college swimmer uh, who thinks about doing it, everybody's stoked on it. So it's like people in the swimming community love it. But people outside of the swimming community have no idea what it is. It's just got to be on TV and it's got to be free. Like you can't pay for it. You know? Like it's got to be shown to as many people as you can. And then it'll just grow from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think they, and we've talked about this before. It's still like, and I, Brian, I think you're hitting at it. Like what's their target? Is it the general fan where I couldn't agree more with what Brooks is saying? Just access is huge, right? Just having exposures and things like that. Or do they just want to go for the swim nerds and all that, which can be fine too. I think there's enough people worldwide in the swimming community to make something that's profitable, maybe not to the vision that they were maybe hoping for, but I think trying to figure out really what their target audience is and, and going for that. But I think the, the good thing that we keep hearing is athletes love it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I get a sense that you are a showtime swimmer in terms of you, uh, when a moment comes and it matters, that's when you deliver. I, I got that sense when I saw you before the blocks of the 53 final NCs. Bjorn had just gone 18-2. You're in your hometown. You're the 100 champion. Nobody's talking about you. They're all talking about Bjorn. And you yeah. showed up. You delivered. And I have a feeling you're that kind of swimmer. And I think you could be lifted by that. But also, I have a, I have a feel if you and Bjorn had a showdown in a backyard pool, you would still go on 18-5 and beat him. You know what I mean? Like, I think you don't need it, but you'd like it. What, describe oh, that. Yeah. yeah, I love the pressure. I love, like, the noise and being, being able to race in that, like, crazy environment. Um, and in those, in those races, it's like, 
it's a roll of the dice. Um, who is going to get their hand on the ball first? There's like nothing that you can do or control that's just going to change it. Like you got to swim your best race and touch the wall first. And it's going to be a gamble who gets their hand on the wall first, you know? <clears throat> somebody who likes to read the other guys in the ready room can you get a sense of you know their nerves and how they're feeling are you are you calm are you you know are you like spitting in their lane before how does that no no i'm not <laughs> doing any of that but i do like to read the guys and see like what they're doing because um just being at like or having been to international meets you can just kind of look and see like how other people are handling um the situation that they got like NCs is, is, uh, I mean, it's nothing compared to like just a world's for example, but just being in the ready room and, uh, having like that international experience behind me and just being next to the dudes that have maybe have not gotten international experience, just kind of funny or it's just interesting to see like what they do before their race, you know? Hey, um, Popovich was telling Brett that in the 200 ready room, he was kind of sitting and everybody else was upstanding and he was taking that moment to kind of just kind of be the alpha in a way is what it sounded like where, you know, he was just observing everybody else and felt like there was a fear of what he was going to do. Um, what did it, did you, did you notice anything in that in the ready room for the hundred? Um, I didn't really notice anything like that. I just had the mindset in the ready room that like, I don't really care what these guys are thinking. I'm about to win. So it doesn't matter. Um, and that's just kind of what I was, what I think. Yeah. Man, that mind control uh, matters a lot. Uh, it does. Yeah, it really does. Is there, is there anything like, does that come naturally to you or has that been a focus to kind of figure that out through maybe some outside help? Um, I mean, I would say that that just came like a lot from being in Tokyo, uh, mm. being able to like, I mean, that was a lot that Tokyo had a lot of uh, unexpected pressure and stress that I didn't really know about until I was there, you know? Uh, and since that, that was just like the first experience of that. And I haven't really had like that. Uh Oh, before like a race, you know, I mean, just haven't had that moment since. Um, and so that really hasn't been a problem for me, but. I don't Do you know. think, was that, in, was that in your mind, um, you know, before prelims of the relay in Tokyo? Like, I mean, I mean, it was definitely like, uh, you know, I don't know, it's hard to describe because I mean, I, it's, it's hard to describe. You don't think that you're feeling any pressure until you do. And then you're like, Oh, I guess I was feeling it the whole time. And you just didn't know. Huh. So at what point did you know you were in the Olympics? And you're swimming Olympics and you got to get to the wall. I've heard stories about like yeah. halfway through the 200 free, like, oh shit, I got to get going. I'm, I'm in the Olympics. Like you forget the, the moment catches up to you. That was, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was trying to say. Um, that happened like as I stood on the block. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit, I got to go. Yeah. 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 And you, yeah. And you think for you, that's a, for you, that's a, 
like a, a, a good thing to realize the gravity of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that race didn't go how I wanted it to, but whatever. Learning experience. Yeah. 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 My, my brother had, he had been to many world championships, but the Olympics in Sydney, he says halfway through, that's when it finally, he stopped finally still being overwhelmed. Even though he had like four worlds under his belt, there was nothing like the Olympic place to, to some at. So, and he yeah. wished he had gone back to, to do it again. So Paris, you know, yeah. Mm. It's it. definitely overwhelming. That's for sure. Brooks, you like long course better than short course? I like racing long course better than short course. Oh. Why is that? Mm. Um, I, there's just way less points for error. Like there's just less things that you have to do. Um, and I, I think it's easier to, to race like short course. You have turns underwaters and breakouts is double like the amount of any long course race just automatically. And the less points for error than the cleaner race you can have. You prefer the hundred over the 50 then? Um, <clears throat> I like the 50. I like the 50 when it goes well, but uh, I like the 100. Yeah, the 50 is really hard. Yeah, it's over all the errors that you can make, and you can't do one. You can't make one mistake. Right. So, yeah. You can't make one. Yeah. Yeah. How you guys are really close to getting that a uh, foreign free world record, um, and it seems like we've got the we got the right. We've got a ton of guys. If you put the combos together, we're under that world record. It's just a matter of getting all of the swims that everybody on the U.S. team has done in the same in the same race to, to mm -hmm. knock them down. Um, did Did you think that it was going to come at Worlds? Is that something that you guys talked about as a team? That wasn't something I was going to put any pressure on myself for. Mm -hmm. If it happened, then it happened. If it didn't, then we'll get it next time, you know? Um, but that was not even in my head. If it came, then great. But if it didn't, then no worries. Okay. My focus was just to do my part, you know, and what? swim like, my best hunter free and then worry about that later. What's the, what's the camaraderie like? I mean, you're two summers in a row now uh, being on, you know, the, the finals, uh, or being on, being on the relay. And, um, you know, now I think with that comes some seniority, of course, you've got, you know, some other, some other guys, Caleb, of course, and then, uh, Zappel not there this summer, but there last year with a, with a huge split and, you know, held always around, uh, like what, <clears throat> what's the vibe like amongst the sprinters in the U S and, uh, how, how do you guys sort of coalesce as a group in preparation for, you know, sort of defending a title that's, um, you know, really, really sets the tone of the meet and is, is really key to, I think, USA Swimming's success over the years? I mean, it was great. Um, Caleb was my training partner in uh, Croatia and Budapest, kind of. So that was really cool swimming with them. Um, I mean, all the, all the guys are great. Uh, Ryan's sick. Love him. Justin, super cool guy. Like all the guys are great. Um, so no problems there. It's been, it was a pleasure swimming with all those guys. <clears throat> what do you think, 
clicked for the whole team. I mean, uh, I know that uh, we've had people mention, I think Carson mentioned to us that like, you know, the team captains made it a, a point of emphasis to call out, you know, the medal count and continuing to run it up. And that was giving the team a lot of good vibes throughout the week at Worlds. Um, like, was there anything that you saw uh, amongst Team USA that was just, you know, indicative of the success that the team was having throughout the week that like, you know, you just like there were good vibes going in, that there was the right chemistry of the team or everybody looked sharp in the water or, you know, USA has some kind of special Kool-Aid. <laughs> like, what was it? I mean, it was it was all that. Like, the training atmosphere was so good and so positive in Croatia that we all were just, like, getting along. And, I mean, we were all just working great together. And then uh, just coming around in Budapest, everybody was nice on deck. Um, nobody was getting upset or whatever about their races. And everybody was, like, fist bumping, high-fiving. So that was really cool. It was just like a great atmosphere that we had um and we worked like really well together this summer mm. awesome. i want to i want to talk about um lsu now and, and and you being a senior and and, and what's it like being on campus so when i was growing up and swimming as an age group in the 80s i idolized an lsu swimmer he was the ncaa champion 53 i'm from trinidad and tobago and his name is Mark Andrews. And he won NCs mm -hmm. in 195 in like in the mid-80s, which is and he was a yep. insane sprinter. You probably know his name, right? From from mm -hmm. LSU. And there's another swimmer from Trinidad who went to LSU as well, uh, a bit later on, Jabuku. So LSU to me was like a sprint program known in the 80s. And there was there's that. But you know, no Americans made the Olympic team for LSU. And there you come along, you not only make it, then you win it. And it goes back to what Brian is saying, how does this change the program? But how has it changed you? Like, you're no longer under the radar. You probably, are you now known on campus? And, and is it, do you feel any pressure at all? Or maybe it's a responsibility? And that and you've picked up that that responsibility to to keep growing this program? Rick? Um, I would say I'm more known on campus, like, through the athletes. I wouldn't say, like, mm -hmm. many just regular students just... I mean, maybe that's just because I haven't met the people that do, but mm -hmm. uh, I think swimming is like not super big on campus here. Just, mm -hmm. just isn't, um, which, which is, that's fine. But I mean, I don't know. It's cool. It, it, it's, you know, Baton Rouge is not very big. They got great no. crawfish. I love yeah. it, but um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's not very big. But yeah, I imagine mm -hmm. yeah, it's exciting times at LSU. I think. Um, yeah. Who do who do you train with? Who's who, who's who's the person who pushes you in practice? Name some of your teammates that we know. So, I mean, right now in the sprint group, we have uh, Maggie. Um, uh, we got Noah Cumbie. Um, we got. Uh, Jack Janash. Um, trying to think of the other sprint guys. Uh, we just had a little meet, so we might have some dudes come down to sprint and push out of sprint. So it's all being mixed up right now. But the sprint group is pretty small, like four dudes or five dudes. Do you need do you need more? Do you need less? You're happy where you're at? Like do you need somebody next to you to whoop you in practice? Oh you can I mean I'll, I'll happily I'll always take someone next to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
That's why these guys have me in practice, so I can take them off. That's yeah. why he always puts on fins. So that you can say, yeah, yeah, with fins, yeah. you're definitely almost beat us. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> All right, Brooks. Well, we got a few rapid fire questions for you before you go. What's the hardest race in swimming? Ooh, uh, 200 back. You've never saw a 200 backstroke, have you? Yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, okay. Uh, would you rather have an Olympic gold medal or a world record? Um, world record, maybe. Easy to say when you've already got one. Yeah. Uh, do you pee in the pool? Um, depends. On what? <laughs> oh my God. No, it's not constant. Sometimes <laughs> goes in the gutter. <laughs> what's the What's the longest distance you've swum with no breath? With no breath, um. Maybe a 75. We've seen uh, a lot of consolidation happening in conferences and uh, amongst the SEC and the Big Ten now. Uh, how In 2030, how many teams do you think there would be in the SEC? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. When's Texas coming? It's like 2025, right? Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma, I think it's 2025. And then yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a weird adjustment at SECs when Texas is there. Definitely. Good thing I'm gonna be out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. You still win. Yeah. <laughs> uh hey, so you did pretty well in that 75 virtual sprint challenge. Uh first knocking off Dean Ferris, but then there was kind of got the wheel rolling. You wanna you wanna get that rolling back again? And if you did, what what challenge would you throw out there to start a, a viral online sensation? What time what challenge would I throw? Um I would probably try and do just a 25 just from the dive, like from the start. Who's got the fastest 25? Fastest Why don't we have this in meets? It's, you know, track has 100 meters. It's a nine second. Right, right. Let's yeah. do it. We should. No mistake. Off the bulkhead. Go. Yeah, really. We should do something that's the same distance as 100 meters, or same time as 100 mm -hmm. meters. Like we that. had a meet in Canada that we, we swam the 25. It was awesome. It was awesome. I swam 25 last night. It was great. Um, yeah. So... You know, you mentioned swimming not being like that well known on campus, but football is, of course. So, of course. Uh, at LSU in particular, known for the game day experience. What? How come people don't tailgate for swim meets? Um, we. It's funny because actually, like a lot of people tailgate for like tack meets, if like a like the club meets. Uh -huh. uh, it depends, like if it's a. Uh, there's like something going on then there will be like plenty of people set up but i mean normally we won't tailgate for it just just because i mean it'll either be early in the morning or yeah finals at night but we've had some parents like cook some food up for after the meet so i mean i guess you could say that was like tailgating a little bit they got like the um what do they call it? Just the big, big giant, giant pots. So they're cooking up the jambalaya and things like that. Yeah. When you're, uh, when you retire, are you going to start the tailgating trend outside the LSU meets? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a, a random one. 
what what do you think the odds are zero to hundred percent of us ever getting you Steph Curry together in a photo eating curry? Ooh. <laughs> Um, what are the odds of that? I'm gonna say like 15 percent. Huh? You could be in Paris, Steph could be an Olympic team, and there you, there you go. There you go. Yeah, closing oh, ceremony. Cooking. We can see it right now. Something's cooking cool. with Team USA. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right, we have to ask this one How often in practice do you do social kick? Every single day. Beautiful. Us too, yeah. except Luke does it with fans because he's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Brooks, man, thanks, thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to watching you uh, as you come into you know this next season, and hope that rapid succession keeps on going, man. Thanks for hanging yeah. out. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I had a great time. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode of Social Kick, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see thank you guys. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick. Tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.